Welcome to Girls That Invest. You're joined today by your hosts, Sim and Sonia, two millennial investors who are here to help you learn about all things investing and personal finance. What are we talking about today, Sim? So today we are talking about FOMO, FOMO in the stock market. Now, FOMO stands for fear of missing out, but 2020 and 2021 have been some crazy years, especially when it comes to stocks, like the term meme stock suddenly became a new thing. And for those that don't know what a meme stock is, it's basically like what happened to GameStop and Dogecoin and AMC. They're basically stocks that just did really well, went super high, and a lot of people then jumped in because they saw this do really well, but they ended up being a little bit burnt out in the end. Now, the FMA, or the Financial Markets Authority in New Zealand, they did some research and they found that out of all of the online retail investors, 31% of us had admitted to jumping in on an investment in the last two years because we didn't want to miss out. Like our reason for investing was not because we thought it was a great company. It wasn't because we saw long-term like prospects in it. We just didn't want to miss out. And 31% on you, like that's one in three of us. Definitely not an insignificant number, eh? No. So we wanted to break down what FOMO investing was, if it's a good strategy, if it's not, and what you need to know if you want to be a successful investor in the long term. So we'll start off by breaking it down pretty simply. What is FOMO? What is FOMO investing? Absolutely. Now, Sim just kind of touched on this, but you know, you hear those stories across every social media platform, the Look at this 18-year-old that's become a millionaire through cryptocurrency or man who's been investing in Tesla since 2015 is now living out their early retirement in Panama. So you hear those stories, you read those headlines. How do you react? Are you level-headed and logical and at peace with the fact that you're doing quote-unquote right things with your money and that while those outlier stories are great for those particular people and it works for them, You trust the fact that you're on the right path for you. Or are you like fully freaking out on the brink of a panic attack? You're moving every single auto payment that you've set up and you're switching up your investment strategy to copycat the article that you've just read. That's FOMO, the fear of missing out. And it turns out that this feeling, this fear sim, it actually transcends into every aspect of our bloody lives. Typically, when you think about FOMO and the examples people use is you see someone traveling, hello, FOMO, let me book a holiday even though I can't swing it right now, but at least I can post about it so other people can see me live my best fake life. Or the fact that you know in your soul that you do not want to go to a particular party, but you say yes anyway and go. And that's because, God forbid, you miss out on one event, the gossip, and be out of the conversation the next day. What were you going to say? I have not attended any sims. And we've been best friends for 20 years. I couldn't even get that out properly. I feel like shit. I'm so sorry. No, you don't. Anyways, I just feel like now is not the right time to get into that issue. Maybe we should have a discussion later. Mm-hmm. Sound good? Good. Mm-hmm. Now, I'd be a liar if I sat here and I pretended that I never questioned my buy and hold strategy. I guess some would say my very vanilla portfolio 
is exactly that. You know, I do keep up with investors and investing stories around the world. I have a brother that loves the angst behind day trading. I do look at one too many Twitter threads on the daily, but I feel like that's a separate issue. For me, my understanding with FOMO, it's essentially what you do about it after you read those articles and those headlines and how long you hold on to those not nice feelings of insecurity, dread, panic and fear. Sim will go into this a little bit later because we will talk about the psychological and potential financial impacts of doing this, but I honestly feel like it's your reaction. That's a really good way of putting it. And I do want to like say that I have been absolutely someone that has like, I'm part of the 31%. I'm part of the problem. I'm someone that has seen headlines or seen like threads on Reddit, like Wall Street bets is not good for my mental health, but they're basically a form where people speak about like upcoming stocks or upcoming like cryptos. And I have absolutely jumped on bandwagons and invested with not as much due diligence and research that I would be proud of. And the reason why I'm saying this is because I want to normalize how easy it is to know better and to still do it anyway. And so when it comes to FOMO investing, we've all been enticed by it. Not all of us have. Some people like Sonia do have more of a stronger, I guess what's the word, discipline. And she'll go into more about how she does that and what sort of tips you can take away so you don't get enticed as much. And I just wanted to begin by speaking about why FOMO investing is even such a big thing right now. Because a couple of years ago, it wasn't really a term that we would use in the investing world. Number one is that we are seeing a lot of our friends and family jumping into stocks because investing is a lot more accessible, jumping into crypto. And when we see other people that we know make investing decisions or just decisions in general, we do take that as almost proof that we should do it as well. Because if someone you know is doing something, you don't want to miss out and be the person that didn't make a buck with them. I think a really good example of this is not too long ago, I had a friend and she was like, how is coal doing as an investment? She didn't say coal, but I just want to keep it a little bit anonymous. She was like, how is coal doing? And I was like, coal, like, honestly, I'm not sure. Like our podcast, we speak more about like companies and funds, but I was like, I, I, I don't know, maybe not so well. And she was like, oh, well, the reason I'm asking is like many years back, I had a partner and he was like, you should buy coal stocks or into this like coal fund. And I didn't do it. And I just always wondered where he is now, like how he did with it and if I should have done it. And it was just interesting because it's probably been like five, 10 years, but we still always wonder like the what if, like if other people are doing it. Should I have jumped in? That's what gets you, eh? It's like when you reminisce on, if I had known this in 2015, I could be like that man in Panama living out my best life. And it's just not healthy, especially if you're like staying in it. The thing is, hindsight is 2020. Like it's so easy to look at Bitcoin now and be like, wow, I should have gotten into Bitcoin in 2005 when my friend told me about it. I should have bought like Dogecoin when I first saw it. And it's a lot easier to think, oh, I should have done it when you've seen the outcome. But there were so many 
Bitcoin equivalents, Dogecoin equivalents, that did not do so well. And we don't give those as enough of an emphasis of things that can go wrong when you FOMO invest. But we just love to sensationalize when we could have been in those shoes. Absolutely. I do not like you. Another reason why we're seeing a lot more FOMO investing and why it is as high as it is, is right now we are in one of the biggest and best bull markets in recent times. A bull market, for those that don't know what it means, it's basically when stocks continue to rise, investors have a lot of confidence in it, and everything's just looking rosy and red, like the birds are chirping, the bees are singing, my bees don't sing, and Life was just like you're looking through rose-tinted glasses because everyone's making money and everyone's happy. And then the bear market is the opposite where stocks are dropping and people are scared. And so when you've had such a long bull market and in the last two years, some of the best gains that we've seen in a very long time, you do feel a sense of confidence of the stock market is just not going to drop. Or if I invest in this like tech fund, or this tech company, you know, it's just, it's going to be fine. It's not, nothing bad is going to happen. And there've been some really interesting points um, made by investors. One of them really gets to me because it sounds a little bit salty, but she was basically saying, quote unquote, that retail investors think they know more than the 5,000 research analysts out there because their friends own that stock. And it's, it's a little bit funny But basically what she's trying to say is we see all these positive results and we want to jump in, but we have to acknowledge that there are experts out there. They have been in the game longer and they've seen the rises and the falls a lot longer. And it is worth listening to their advice when they say that 31% of us investing in FOMO stocks is not a good thing. I get what you mean by it sounds a bit salty because... Of course you want to trust your friends. They're living examples of those success stories, you know, rather than researching essays and stats and stuff. So I get where people come from. That in itself is a discipline, though, like not trying to go with what your friends are saying and go with, like, these really old investors. It's so easily said though, right? Like if honestly, Sonia, if you were like, Sim, I'm going to put in a thousand dollars into like stock C, even if I know better, I would be like, oh, maybe Sonia knows something that I don't know. Maybe I should look into this. And if I can't find a good reason to invest, I can still see myself having some level of bias of, well, maybe I just don't know. And I should probably put in a little bit of money anyway. Like it's so much easier to say don't invest in FOMO companies, but when your friends do it or your family does it, like how do you not, you know? Another reason why FOMO investing has become so popular is understandably the last two years have been a financial mess. Like people are losing their jobs, people are changing jobs. We have so much uncertainty, not just with money, of course, but with the whole world. And there is some level of comfort to know that, you know, there's an out, quote unquote out. When there is uncertainty, when you are someone that is, so to speak, backed into a corner and you have financial stress, you are more likely to react and you are more likely to take risky trades 
that you might not have made otherwise and that you might not have done if you were in a good financial position. A lot of research has gone into this. They found that the most risky trades are actually by unmarried men, men that are young, and these men are also from slightly disadvantaged backgrounds. And it makes sense, right? Like if you have more to lose, you are more likely to take on risk levels that don't actually align with what you want to do and might not actually make sense when you look at it in a level-headed state of mind, but you're not in a level-headed state of mind. I actually think that's super interesting because I would have I would have thought the opposite. Like I would have thought people who are in financial stress, they're less likely to take risks with their money. But the part around men without families or the unmarried men from slightly disadvantaged backgrounds, that makes more sense to me because I guess people depending on them is very... For business owners, every transaction is more than just a swipe of the card. It's the culmination of your hard work, dedication and commitment to your customers. That's why I'm excited to share with you a game-changing solution that's simplifying the way businesses like yours accept payments. Introducing Tap to Pay on iPhone, powered by Stripe. Contactless payments has never been easier. You can seamlessly accept contactless payments directly from your iPhone and the best part, there's no additional hardware required. Think about it. From local pop-ups to global retailers, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe cater to businesses of all sizes, empowering them to accept payments right from their iPhones. It's a game changer for businesses looking to scale quickly and stay flexible with quick setup that takes minutes, not days. So how can Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe benefit your business? It's simple. Increased revenue, expanded reach and enhanced customer experience. It's a win-win-win. To learn more about how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can transform your business, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone today. Few or none at all. Yeah, it, it really is interesting. And then the fourth reason why FOMO stocks are becoming more popular or why we're investing through this sort of FOMO strategy, if you wanted to call it that, is that we have had some really interesting stocks do really well in a really short amount of time. Things like GameStop, things like AMC, things like Dogecoin, they have shot up so quickly. It has been like nothing that we have seen in so many years. And the crazy thing is they've all happened within a very short space of time. So it does kind of seem like this is the norm. I knew that this was an issue when my family member was, he's a lot younger than me. He was like, oh, you know, like, 20,000% increase in crypto is not that high. And I was like, what world do you live in where a 20,000% increase is like normalized to you? You know, like if we have just seen this be almost normalized, then this is what I mean by my strategy being super vanilla, where as someone who's younger than us thinks, that that amount of percentage increase, like, doesn't mean much, sweetie, nothing to see here, you know? Meanwhile, Sonia's at home with her, like, 25% annual increase. Like, I'm happy. Life is good. <laughs> I'm boring. What can I say? And so I just wanted to 
take that into account and say that it has become like the perfect storm. Like all of these factors where, you know, money is a little bit tight, we're a little bit stressed, but also we've only seen stocks do really well and we're seeing a lot of our friends and family jump into it. I mean, the amount of retail investors have increased from 39% at the start of 2020 to 45% of the market. Like we're having more investors, we're seeing more change. And so it really is the perfect storm to have a lot more of us learn about stocks that we might not have wanted to invest in prior, but because we hear about other people investing in them, we do want to jump in. But there's a few bad effects of FOMO investing and I really want to go into them because I don't want to say do not invest through FOMO, but I do want to say if you're going to do it, know that there's a couple of things that can result from it. The first, which hasn't really happened too often, but you can actually lose money if you FOMO invest. If you think about it, if you're hearing something take off and it's on the news and your friends are talking about it, it's probably already reached near the peak of how much it's going to go up. And if you invest in it, the people that invested earlier when it was like a dollar or two dollars, they're going to cash out their gains and you're going to be left holding less money than you started out with. And the truth is that if everyone is jumping on a stock, you're not going to see those huge gains than if you had invested in that stock before it was a FOMO stock, before everyone knew about it, when it was cheap. So that's number one. Number two is the psychological stress involved with FOMO stocks because there's so much movement in and out. It's not something that you FOMO into and you can relax for the next 30, 40 years. You jump into it and then you have to know the right time to exit that stock before everyone else starts to exit because again, you'll lose money if you don't. So there's a lot of what happens. There's a lot of people that have put in a lot of their savings almost. Like, have you heard of those people that have put in their entire emergency fund into these FOMO stocks because they just see it going up and they're like, it just, it has to keep going up. So I'm going to put in 10,000 or 5,000. It doesn't always go up. And that is money that you shouldn't be messing around with. I've definitely seen those headlines not even their emergency fund, just people's whole life savings. It's insane. It is insane. And the last but probably the most important thing to take away is that if you are enticed to invest through this like FOMO strategy, you're not setting up good long-term investing habits. And it's a lot easier to learn good habits in the long run than to have to start to unlearn bad habits that you've made over these bull market years because eventually the stock market will, I don't want to say crash, but it will slow down. FOMO stocks are not going to be acting the same way that they are, same with crypto, same with NFTs. And so you want to be still doing due diligence on whatever you're investing in. You still want to have like a setup where if you buy something, it has to tick, you know, a couple of things on your own checklist. And if it does, then you buy it. And so if you aren't doing that, then it does almost gamify investing and gamify buying stocks. Whereas you really want to make sure that you are taking it a little bit more seriously. Those are really important things to consider. Moving on to coping mechanisms, what you were all waiting for, I'm sure. I'm kidding. My first 
coping mechanism I wrote down was actually therapy. And then I crossed it out because that's just ridiculous. Um, But what I will say is actually reflection. So taking the time to think about how you're feeling, sitting in that feeling and maybe exploring the reasons why you feel the way you feel. And, you know, I understand that sounds like therapy, but I, for one, find it hugely beneficial when I understand, you know, why I react to things a certain type of way. And in terms of how you reflect, it's going to be different for different people. My go-tos are one, brain dumping on a piece of paper, just letting it all out through journaling, or even talking about it with my mum or like a friend. And Usually when you take the time to reflect, it uncovers like a lot of deeper issues around finances and your money mindset or maybe your own insecurities about where you are in life. And we've spoken about those things in previous podcasts before, but I think just that time it takes to reflect also helps with not making really quick emotionally charged decisions. The second tip would be to research. So you've come across an investment or you've come across an article that you know has really pulled your interest for example Tesla like why don't you go ahead and google it get onto Yahoo Finances maybe check out their performance across the years look into different articles and if you're like hey this is pretty good man then hey ho you can make a decision that's rooted in using your due diligence which is always fun and fresh the third tip I would say is to plan your money. I know that's one of the basics of, I guess, financial literacy when you're first starting to get into things. Um, But that is if you've got a plan for your money, you've set a certain amount aside for going into emergency funds, your savings, paying off debt and your auto investments. Like, I feel like if you've got a secure plan with a really powerful why behind your plan, then you're less likely to jump around and more likely to just trust you know what you're doing. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's also worth noting that sometimes you can't say no to FOMO investing completely and sometimes it is really hard. Like if you are an impulsive person or if you are someone like me and you just sometimes like to take a risk, it's worth noting that You can do it, but you can do it with structure like how Sonia has mentioned. Well, my last tip in terms of how to cope with the ever-changing world around us and FOMO investing in particular, if you're like, if it, if reflection, if research, if my plan, you know, I'm following the hype, I have to act now or I have to forever hold my peace. My recommendation is that you invest a small percentage or a small amount into that thing that you're frothing over instead of banking your entire life savings into one thing, you know? I feel like when you do this, Sim and I have talked about play money before, so it's this idea of you have a certain amount of money that you're dedicating each month or whatever frequency how you get paid, and you're dedicating that to maybe having interesting stocks, I guess, more meme stocks if you're more inclined. And by having that as play money kind of fulfills that sense of, oh, I'm exploring and I'm adding a little bit of diversification to my portfolio. You know, I'm fun and fresh and young by doing this. I'm in like a silly, goofy mood. I can tell. If I was in that position, I would probably do it because I'm only putting in what I'm comfortable with. 
I have ticked off like the coping mechanisms. I know what's okay and what's not for me. So I think that's a good place to wrap it up. So before we go, please join our Facebook group if you want to learn more. Girls That Invest is a really good resource to just ask questions, have a bit of a safe space. You can check us out on Instagram. We're at 74,000 followers right now, which is a crazy number, of course. Um, and if you liked what you hear, please do post it on your Instagram story so you can share it with your friends and family and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That helps us grow it helps us reach more people it helps us share the message a lot more and as always to finish off with our disclaimer girls that invest does not provide personalized investing advice for your individual needs we are not financial advisors the advice from girls that invest exists for educational purposes only and should not be relied upon to make an investment or financial decision advice from girls that invest is general in nature and does not consider individual circumstances Always do your research and please use your due diligence. Alrighty, till next time team, bye.